Welcome to the Jacob Wayne Show. It's the Jacob this Wayne Show. This is Jacob Wayne. And this Kellen, is the show. how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm the show. Yeah. Uh, well, January is almost over in a brand new year. How do you think it's been going? Well, less stressfully. There's been like, you know, briefings and press conferences and no crazy tweets and this, I don't know. Been pretty nice, pretty chill. That's interesting that you say that. But before we get into it, um, we're gonna start doing our beers at the top of the show. So then, if you're listening at home rather than work, you can join us. Uh-huh. Or while you're at work, depends on what kind of job you have, I suppose. Hide it in a Pepsi can. Yep. So you got your beer, Kellen. Yep. All right. Three, two, one. <laughs> Ooh, that's nice. What are you sipping oh, on? Oh, yeah. I got a little imported beer here. This is Estrella Jaleska. You know it's... Estrella g- Jaleska, huh? Yeah, it's made by the same brewery that does... Uh, what's the other big... Uh, not Dos Equis, the other one. They do the same... Uh, uh, Corona? Maybe... No, Modelo, that's the one. Yeah, Modelo. It's made Modelo. by the same brewery, and you know it's fancy because it's got this little foil cap on top of it. So you have to take off the foil and then open it. It's mm-hmm. no, it's a really nice, just you know, Mexican lager. It's real tasty. Did you ever drink Clamato juice? No, I don't. Whatever really, it is, I don't like tomato juice. So, nope. Mm. <laughs> I was always curious. I thought that was um, um, Modelo that did that, but I'm not totally sure. I think a bunch of them do. I think Modelo does. There's quite a few of them. You can get one with all the different beers, I believe. Does it have like clam juice in there too? Yeah, tomato juice and clam juice. Yep. How do you you juice a clam? Well, it it takes very much skill and no Well, you got to warm it up. It's more like an oven than a microwave. Yeah. The clam comes dry, and you have to get it juicy yourself. Yeah. It deserves love, too. It just maybe takes a little more time. Yep. All the bio well, do. <laughs> I am drinking one that I was actually missing lately. Um... Not our last episode, but the episode before I was talking about not drinking, which I have reduced greatly. I noticed that uh, as we were getting deeper and deeper into this uh, quarantine, I was just like, I got nothing else to do. I'm really bored. So just throwing a bunch of drinks back every day. Uh And I was like, "Uh, maybe doing it a little too much. So 
I cut it out for like the weekdays for the most part. Pretty much just drinking on like podcast nights or a special occasion. We had a champagne for the inauguration. Not necessarily yeah. for Biden, but to celebrate somebody leaving. But uh, Florida we were man at this leaves. Florida man leaves Washington. <laughs> and uh, anyway, we were at the store and I was like, I got to get a beer for the podcast. And I saw Santa Fe Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've had them, but this is their Java Stout, Imperial Java Stout. Ooh. And it is 8%. Nice. And it's just, you can you can barely tell, which is can be dangerous, but it's very tasty. Ooh, yeah. I like the coffee stouts a lot. Mm-hmm. They kind of win me over at coffee. Yeah. And I also, at the beginning of the episode, took a 10 milligram uh, gummy. It is raspberry gummy, sativa enhanced. Oh, yeah. So we'll see how I am by the end of the show. But uh, yeah, that's lovely. That's a thing I can do here in Colorado. And you might be able to do that soon in Utah. I heard some that they're actually doing some movement with that in Washington. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. They're kind of trying to consolidate some legalization bills, some that are from right wing people and some that are from left wing people and kind of see if they can come to a conclusion. Oh, wow. So. It's closer than it's ever been, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, indeed. And if it's federal, then Utah can't do its usual stuff, manipulating all that, so... Yeah. Here's to hoping, I suppose. Indeed. Now's the time. But, at the top of the show, I asked you if you felt like the new year was doing pretty good, and you said it was like, yeah, it seems to be chilling out. I was just thinking politically, I guess. (laughs) Well, that's what's interesting. I came across uh, something that pointed um, something out to me that I was like, holy shit. Um, If you think about every Wednesday this January, the very first Wednesday was the the coup to take over the government. The next Wednesday, they impeached Donald Trump. The Wednesday after that, they inaugurate Joe Biden. And the next Wednesday after that, Wednesday after that is the whole GameStop oh, uh, wow. market debacle. Well, so there you go. It's an insane month, but that's how fucking batshit crazy Trump was. That to just have him off of Twitter and quieted down, and we were all, you know, everybody expected him to put up some kind of bullshit before leaving, which he totally did. Mm-hmm. And we don't got to go down that road necessarily, but he definitely needs to be impeached even though he's out of office. Oh, yeah. Just to set a legal precedent, like so other future presidents don't come in thinking they should, they can act like that. And I also think a lot of representatives in Congress that were giving tours and spreading QAnon conspiracies, they need to be removed as well. But I could see how that might be wishful thinking yeah so but they should be punished in some way have you heard about the one lady yeah she might actually get removed because she's actually been making like death threats so that might be yeah, like grounds. that and like jewish space lasers yeah that are causing forest fires like holy shit yeah i mean i just 
these people, they don't, they just don't get it. They all think the election was rigged, even though, like, man, the first time he lost by like seven million points in the popular vote, like nobody, nobody wants him. Like it's not that hard to believe. <laughs> yeah. So here's to hoping that it creates a rift in the Republican Party where they split apart and the good conservatives that I know and I know have some good ideas, they can kind of go off and make their own party. They might even join the Democratic Party and then that'll be a thing where progressives have to maybe form their own party. But, yeah, you know, a progressive party versus Democrats... And that's kind of the more conservative thing. I could, I could see that mm-hmm. being a lot better. But, and that's what's funny is I just like to imagine somebody listening to this that's just like their heads exploding at that notion. Oh yeah! Like I was just reading a comment the other day where they're just calling people demo rats. Ooh! Just like Ooh. Jesus, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, if you're really thinking about your opponents like they're rats. Just like, that's just weird. Too bad the Republic can't think of a better insult. (laughs) (laughs) Drink. Return fire. Uh, Well, yeah, anyway, we could keep going off on that, but I figured we could dive into this uh, GameStop thing a little bit, which is, I did find it refreshing. It was like, oh, it's a big news story, and it has... You know, a little to do with politics, but it's mostly just like, ah, something else in society that's not like, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what's your understanding of the whole situation? Um, so, I, as far as I can tell, they just, Reddit noticed that this certain hedge fund bought a bunch of shorts on GameStop stock. So they basically mm-hmm. thought that it wouldn't go... Uh, it wouldn't go up. They assume it's going to go down. So that's when you buy a short, you're assuming you're going to sell it later for a lower price. So they just bought a shit ton of the stock and drove it way up and basically like bankrupted this mutual fund. Mm-hmm. So that's as far as I understand it. I have a very limited understanding of, of stocks, but that seems to be what happened. Sounds like some people well, got very rich. I'll get into that aspect after I read this thing, but um i'm gonna read a thing that uh a friend of mine katie gardner wrote because she posted up like hey i have a free stock through uh this robin hood app and if anybody wants it they just start using the app and there you go you get a free one Uh and i was kind of like i'm intrigued and then we got into a discussion i was like you seem like you are dealing in this like What's your understanding of it? So I'll go ahead and read what she said to me. She says, I only know some for the GameStop stuff. Basically, hedge funds sometimes make money by gambling on businesses failing. A bunch of Redditors knew the gamble was happening and decided to mess with it by buying GameStop. When it comes to Robinhood, it's a company that made an app to simplify buying and selling stock for average people. My recommendation? Don't buy GameStop. If you're hearing about a stock going crazy in the news, it's probably too late already. You can invest for fun or for retirement. If retirement, get a Roth IRA and put the funds into the S&P 500. If for fun, use Robinhood or similar apps, but expect bad returns. So, 
I mean, that yeah. is pretty much... I think we're all getting what's going on with it. Um, I personally use Acorn, Acorns rather than Robinhood because they're a little more... You don't pick the stocks they invest in. Oh. You can just be aggressive with it or you can just be like, just something casual, just put money in and let it slowly grow over time. And that's what I'm way more comfortable with. Ah. But what was fascinating to me is that it seems like you, Katie, and after I read that, I all had the basic understanding of what was going on with this. Yeah. But there's just something about the language of it all that just makes it seem so, like, cryptic and mysterious. And I oh, I feel like that's on purpose. Oh, yeah. It's like they, they don't want people to understand it at all. Yeah, they want you to let them do it. Pay them to do yeah. it. Well, and that's definitely been the result of all of it is once regular people started doing it, they're just like, wait, 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 no, 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 no. Stop that. Hey, quit that. <laughs> and they shut it all down, and it's like, wow, okay. Yep. And so a change is coming now. <laughs> yeah, and it just goes to show that, like, that that's capitalism for you. It's not as free of a market as you might think. Yeah, and that's also, you know, power of the people. We got to remember that we can do that. Yeah. And we can do the same thing, like, basically is a principle of capitalism, but, like, yeah, keep keep boycotting businesses and stuff like that's a powerful thing we can do mm -hmm. needs to be used a little more i think but yeah well and i think it's a discussion we'll have time and time again as more shows happen but i'm always on this this fence between so socialism communism capitalism and like total wild libertarian capitalism and yeah. I really do think you need some sort of mixture and elements of all of them. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, I always like to think about these things in terms of food. <clears throat> Excuse me. Food. It's mm -hmm. like if you had a gigantic steak, it's, it's probably pretty tasty, but after a while, it's nothing but steak. You're going to feel like shit. And yeah. they're like, oh my god, I don't want any more steak for like a month. But if you take little bits of steak, mix it in with some eggs, some potato, some cheese, wrap it up in a nice tortilla, mm. then you got a lovely meal, you know? And I just, that's the thing with this whole thing is that's where it's clearly more of an oligarchy here in the United States than yeah. a truly free market. And that's where I'm like, yeah, capitalism, totally free market. Like, let's open it up so everybody can participate in it easily. Yeah. And understand it. And that's what I'm for. And the only time I go into socialism is things that I just don't think should have a for-profit business model. Like, they shouldn't even be things that are thinking about profit. Like yeah. healthcare, um, uh prisons that sort of yeah. thing transportation I, yeah I know and that's i heard extreme. a <laughs> yeah and i heard an interesting conversation on real time with bill maher the other day where they were uh discussing having uh rewards or benefits for people that make the system you know like work better <clears throat> rather than uh -huh. make them money so like in terms of a for-profit prison rather than 
gaining profit from keeping people incarcerated, they should create a benefit for the guards if they help people get out of there sooner and do what they need to do to rehabilitate. And, and then lower... they might treat the prisoners better. The prisoners will get out and not come back, and that's better for society. But that's an investment on a federal level that is like, yeah, we're not doing this for profit. We're actually investing in this to reduce uh, criminality. And it's the same thing with healthcare. Mm -hmm. You know, if you should have benefits for exercising and eating healthy and, oh, you're trying to eat healthy? Well, here, we're going to cut this down for you because healthy food tends to be more expensive. Or, oh, you got a gym membership? We'll, we'll pay for that. Yeah. Little things like that. And thought that was pretty interesting. So, I don't know. I feel like we've discussed that a lot. It's a wild, crazy free market for your ideas and your music and all that. But when it comes to your health and do you have a roof over your head? Eh, maybe a little more socialism, you know? Yeah. I don't think that's a big, scary thing. There's nothing and wrong. It, we're the only industrialized nation and modern nation that doesn't have health care provided for its citizens. Yeah, it'd be real easy. And cheaper than what we're like people paying right now. So, yeah. It's yeah, thing. and there might be the crazy cost of the shift, but it's a thing that should be done. Yeah. And it's the same thing with climate change. It's like, yeah, we're going to have to cut out some potential jobs and... That's going to be okay, because through this new industry, we'll create new jobs. It's just they're not there yet. Exactly. But we do need to transition. So. Yeah. For real. Like, so I say all, all of us, we need to learn how to do stocks. Yeah, because all the people that complain about the jobs and economy are the ones that have no idea how any of it works. And could just make all the money there and not have to work like all the rich people in the world. Yeah. That'd be an interesting way to try to reach universal basic income. Oh, yeah? It's like somehow get everybody to start learning how to participate in the stock market. And then it's just like, well, here's your UBI, and then you can invest a little bit. And, you know, some people that can't work as much or just don't want to work as much, maybe they can learn to ride the market and still benefit the the economy, you know? Yeah, for real. But that would require hedge fund managers to kind of give up the reins a bit. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Yeah. I think that's a lot of it is Generation X and Xennials and Millennials are kind of like, okay, mom and dad, it's time to retire. <laughs> Quit trying to... <laughs> Keep everything the way you were used to it. It's just the yeah. world's not like that anymore. A change <clears throat> is gonna come. Yeah. Times they are a-changing. Yep. So with that, I think that's all kind of our current news stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, any movies in your in your week? Uh, no, I haven't, haven't been watching any this week. Still just been peddling through the bird notice. Just enjoying that. Mm -hmm. but, you do like that show. 
It's a fun show. What uh, what movies you been watching? Well, before I get into that, let's uh, revisit uh, Mission to Mars real quick. What do you think about it now that we're about a week out? Eh, it was okay. You know, I thought it was boring as fuck. Yeah, it was kind of boring, but. And then you get to the very end, and it almost turns into a totally different movie, which I yeah. remember from the first time. And when I was younger, I was really fascinated by that. Oh, we came from Mars. Like what premise? Yeah. But then rewatching it, it's like, oh, they're standing in an alien PowerPoint presentation, and they're just—they you can just tell that they're actors in a green screen room, just looking around, like that's where Mars is gonna be. Whoa, and, and, and it's, it's just like ugh, okay. So, I think going forward, we'll have to get shorter movies. Yeah, like hour and a half, and then also, they, they you know, we either if it's a boring movie like that, we just need to talk over it and like not have as many dead air pockets, and and that's inevitable in a movie commentary. But yeah, it's just like okay. That one we could have talked a little more. Or you get a movie that's just stimulating and creates conversation. So, true. going forward, if you if you enjoyed the last episode, write us at fuckcoachka at gmail.com and suggest another movie we should do. We could do horror, sci-fi. I mean, I'm that open to anything. But uh, yeah, one that you think would produce a good commentary. Yeah, I definitely want to do society at some point. That had to be a fun one. Like society yeah. and tremors are on the list, right? Oh yeah, yeah, tremors Ooh, would be great. That'd be fun. Um, but as far as movies this week, um, and this will lead into a question I have for you, mm-hmm. is uh, I watched Barry Lyndon for the first time, and that's a Stanley Kubrick film. I had just always avoided watching it because it's a period piece and. The coolest thing about it is that it has um, really interesting lighting technique. Like, he filmed a bunch of scenes that were only lit by candles. Oh. So he needed cameras that had, like, the lowest F-stop in film history. Ooh. And he got three of them from NASA. So Shit. I think that that contributes to some people's conspiracies about him filming the moon landing. Oh. But yeah, he he got these uh, cameras that just are able to like film at that kind of low lighting and 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 it's a beautiful film. It's like some shots are just really painterly, and if you remember with a lot of Stanley Kubrick films, he does a lot of like uh, there's a term, but I can't remember it. But it's like really a stationary shot with two or more characters in kind of in a stationary position. Mm-hmm. And then he'll either do like a tight zoom or a zoom out or a slow zoom out. But everything's really framed um, almost like a painting. So yeah. there's just shots in it that are like beautiful as far as like lighting and placement of characters. And it's just, it's great. And he, he didn't have a steady cam until the next movie, which was the shining and that's where you get that cool little floating technique. Yeah. But uh, 
Yeah, before that, he's just, you're thinking about it, he has these tight zooms and everything, and just the amount of effort he put in for all that is incredible, as always. That being said, just like other Stanley Kubrick films, it's uh, very cold and distant, and if it's funny, it's like super dry and played like super serious. Yeah. So you're kind of like, are they, oh, yes, that is funny. Oh, joke, I see. (laughs) But it's it's over three hours, and it's basically a period piece comedy following this Irish man, Barry, in his various exploits running around Europe during the Seven Years' War. Yeah. And it's it's good, but I need to watch it again to like fully decide what I think about it, which is kind of what's great about Kubrick. Uh-huh. Um, so that raised a question. Who's the next director we should do our top five for? Because I know we had done some Kubrick. But uh, I was kind of checking in with you to see which director we're the closest with to do a top five. Uh, have we already done Tarantino? We haven't done that one. That'd be a mm, one no, to do. No, we haven't. Either. That could yeah. be a very good one. And that'd probably be... The other ones I'd have to like look up... <laughs> And see who directed um, better movies. You should take a look at Martin Scorsese because I think that's one I want to kind of watch a few more. Yeah. Um, pretty soon, and then figure out a top five because I was watching some of his like about a week or so ago, which was like The Goodfellas and uh, The Departed, and there's just mm-hmm. there's so many of his I still haven't seen. So yeah. you should think about that one. But uh, I oddly did a combo of one director that I didn't even really realize. But I watched The Truman Show and Dead Poet Society, which are directed by the same guy. Oh. It's Peter Weir. Have you ever heard of him? Yeah, I've heard that name. Yeah. And he's, I think he's Australian. We'll check this real quick. Yeah. Yeah, so... The first part of his career, he was part of the Australian New Wave cinema movement. That's like from 1970 to 1990. And so he had a lot of movies like that. And then he came to the U.S., made the movie Witness, which won an Academy Award in 1985. Mm. Dead Poets Society, which got an Academy Award, I think, for Robin Williams, but I'm not totally sure. And then Truman Show. So, have you seen either of those films? Ah, uh, I feel like I might have seen the first one. That sounds familiar. Truman I, Show? No, the better. The first oh, one. Oh, Dead Poet Society. Yeah, yeah it's the one where the, all the students, he's an English teacher. And the very end, it's like really emotional. They all stand up on their desks and they're like, oh, captain, my captain. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, it's super day. great. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it just shows you how incredible of an actor Robin Williams was when he wanted to be. Like, he wasn't always just jokes. It's like he could really play, like, a emotional, somber character if he wanted to. Oh, yeah. But you've never seen The Truman Show, huh? I think I've seen... That, that, I don't like parts? Know. Yeah, I know I've seen, like, clips, but I don't think I've ever... You know. That's one you okay. should definitely rewatch because I think it becomes more and more relevant as time goes on. It's just mm-hmm. this man who 
his whole life is a television show and just like huh. what's real and um you know like his wife that he's married to it's all been set up for a show and every time she comes home she like has to hold up the thing she just bought because they get paid through advertising to keep the entire thing running Huh. So she's like, honey, I just got a blah, 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 blah at the store. It's 25% more effective. And just, <laughs> he's like, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> but uh, it's it's really good because it, it plays the funniness really, like, subtle. It's It's a little more serious and, like, almost, like, creepily dramatic. Ominous, almost. So, uh... Yeah, this director, I'm like kind of looking at his filmography, just thinking about what else to watch. And I know yeah. Witness is a good one. I've heard about it because of uh, Harrison Ford, but I really haven't heard of any of his other films. So there you go. That'd be an interesting one to check out. Yeah. So this week it was just a bunch of classics. Indeed. But they're really good. If you haven't seen any of those films, uh, Watch Truman Show and Dead Poets Society first, because they're easier to digest. And then Barry Lyndon. Hmm. Sounds interesting. Yeah. So with that, suppose we could get into our, our little tributes, our rest in pieces. You ready for that? Do you want to do music stuff unrelated to that before or after? <laughs> We'll do it after. We'll do music after. Okay. But uh, I can't remember if this was during our last episode or not, but I don't think we shouted him out. But rest in peace to Larry King. Oh, yeah. If we did shout him out, then, you know, rest in peace again. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, he's just a legend. We were listening to some clips and interviews of him at work this week and... He's just like he's he's great at doing the deadpan serious thing, but he's actually being pretty funny. Yeah. Um, he would just show up on Letterman shows, like, and just he'd be like up in the rafters, like he was there. He's like, I've been working up here all night. <laughs> <laughs> just like, what the fuck is Larry King doing up there? Um, <laughs> there's an awesome clip of Jim Carrey and him. It was either Letterman or Conan, but like they're in a hot tub with like flower petals. And it's just <laughs> Jim Carrey's, he's in there like nude and stuff. But then Larry King's just sitting there with his like suspenders and shirt on still. He's just sitting in the hot tub. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. Nice. But uh, rest in peace, Larry. Legend. And then uh, Cloris Leachman. Um, I really didn't know, I knew that she was on the Mary Tyler Moore show way back in the day before I was even born. Yeah. But, uh, she was in, she was in a lot of stuff and how I remember her is she was, she had to have been in like her eighties or maybe seventies even, but she went on the Bob Saget roast Oh yeah. and just totally ripped into him. Nice. And she was hilarious. It's like she's the funniest old lady I think I've ever seen. And I know Betty White. I'm just saying. <laughs> just like I think her and Betty White should like have like a a roast off up in heaven whenever 
Uh, Betty White decides if, to kick if, it. If, maybe. <laughs> it appears to yeah. be an if. <laughs> yeah, she, she'll, she'll outlive all of us. Yeah, her and Steven Tyler are just going to be hanging out. Yeah, all a bunch of old grandmas. <laughs> Waiting for the next um, Pangea. Yeah. Uh, Cloris Leachman, though, she won an Oscar for a movie, The Last Picture Show, which is one I need to watch. And uh, I watched a clip that I think a lot of people consider the scene that won her the Oscar. Oh, yeah. And I had no context to the rest of the film, but she's like just kind of pouring some coffee for this young dude who's like, obviously, I think they hooked up or and then he took off or something like that. But she's just like pouring the coffee and her hand starts to shake and then she just tosses it across the room and just blows up on him. And I was just like, holy shit. It was like very authentic and just a great actress. So rest in peace to her. Um, is there any other that any others that you'd heard of before we get into the the musical one? Uh, no, not that I've heard of. Well, I'm gonna take a quick tribute sip to Larry King and Cloris Leachman, but I'm not gonna take one for this next guy. So yep, sip it now. Hmm. And that's kind of a shame because he is responsible for some stuff I love. I'm talking about Phil Spector, the producer. Rest in shit. <laughs> Rest in shit. But, uh, yeah, um, why don't you go ahead and explain why he's a piece of shit? Um, I don't actually, like, have not looked into the story too closely, but, uh, allegedly he killed actress Lana Clarkson. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's not cool. I guess they were living well, together. I got the details right here. It's, well, uh, on February 3rd, 2003, Spectre shot actress Lana Clarkson in the mouth while in his mansion in Alhambra, California. Her body was found slumped in a chair with a single gunshot wound to her mouth. Spectre told Esquire in July 2003 that Clarkson's death was an accidental suicide and that she kissed the gun. The emergency call from Spectre's home made by Spectre's driver, Adriano de Souza, quotes Spectre as saying, I think I've killed somebody. Oh boy. De Souza added that he saw Spectre come out of the back door of the house with a gun in his hand. Uh, so, yeah, he eventually got convicted for that. He also was like a sexual creep, for sure. Yeah, apparently he had a anger problem in like his career too, and a yeah, misogyny problem as well. I could be totally pulling this out of my ass, but I feel like I heard once that he had a head injury. And so people were interested in his story because they were like, oh, is his frontal lobe damage? Which the frontal lobe tends to help you with your delayed satisfaction and gratification and long-term planning and decision-making. So that's also, that's a theory that goes around with O.J. Simpson. Is it like, is it the CTE from playing football? Oh, yeah. That made him like just snap and get angry and violent like that. And it was... I So maybe I'm mixing it up with some stuff. Like, 
famous Hollywood murder things, but I thought I had read that. That's like, what was the thing that just made his anger to like snap like that and get so violent? And it could Damn. just be because he's a rich asshole, but he is a uh, he did production for the Beatles. Um, he's known for the Wallace sound. Yeah, kind of thing. Interesting. Can you elaborate on any of that? Well, I uh, it's I just thought it was interesting that he's was has been called known for the wall of sound for some of the pop stuff he's done. Because I've mm. also heard that same thing uh, applied to the way Devin Townsend mixes, like yeah, and he's kind of credited for maybe just coming with it up for the metal scene. But so yeah, sure. I think that's just kind of like. Basically, it's probably he was just the first one to turn it up, everything up pretty loud, start getting the drums and bass just like pounding. And yeah. ever since then, it's just been more and more. Everybody's just cranking up their mixes. He described it, his uh, music production formula, as Wagnerian. Ooh. As a Wagnerian approach to rock and roll. So, as a uh, mixing. Imagining uh, Wagner the composer. Yeah. Who had his special uh, uh, Wagnerian musical dramas, WMDs, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, mm. which were basically yeah, really really fancy operas. But I'm I'm wondering. I don't really get how that applies to mixing in any way. But uh, Is it, maybe it's just well, the dramatic. I kind of did a quick scan at some imagery of it, but yeah, it, it looks like it's just playing into the the dramatic presentation i guess maybe. yeah that's probably it just like everything is grand and yeah that seems reasonable but uh he was dubbed the first tycoon of teen and he helped establish the role of the studio as an instrument um the uh, integration of pop art aesthetics into music like art pop and oh. the genres of art rock and dream pop so just making the whole uh, production of it bigger uh, than just the band. I see. So, I mean, the list is huge of just people you know you've heard of. It's the Beatles, the Righteous Brothers, you know, there's others here. Yeah. Ed Cohen. His name but, is uh, everywhere in yeah. rock and roll history. One thing I th- I knew you'd enjoy... I discovered this. Um, the British band Wizard, yeah. led by Roy Wood, had three Spectre-influenced hits with See My Baby Jive, Angel Fingers, a teen ballad, and I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day, the latter becoming a perennial Christmas hit. Yeah, so those are good songs. We love that wizard band. Oh yeah, I do like it. That first song's a baby. <laughs> yeah. Which one is that? Is that the Christmas one? It's a wonderful rock and roll winter, winter. baby. <laughs> yeah, look up rock and roll winter. He's got a by sweet wizard. Takes a sweet vacuum solo, French horn, <laughs> I think. So just random instruments. Just, just the weirdest, most fun any band has ever had on stage. There's like five dudes that don't appear to play any instrument. They just like juggle and dress There's up. There's one guy blowing bubbles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, trailer Park how many Boys wasn't them, even a show yet. Yeah. How many of them do you think were on acid in that band? 
like fairly regularly. Well, I think it would be a smaller number of who weren't. Probably contact high, just everybody. It's true. And I was wondering that. We listened to some Frank Zappa at work the other day. Um, I'm going to look that up, actually. But we listened to Hot Rats, which is probably my favorite uh, Frank Zappa record. Good stuff. And this other one, I think it's at... I just got to find which place he's live at. But uh, I was sitting there listening to it, and it's such wacky stuff. But for those that know, Frank Zappa didn't do any drugs. Yeah. He I'm was just an interesting, odd guy. Yeah. And so I wondered how many people in his band did that, or if they were all kind of on his page, if he allowed it. Yeah, I think he wanted him to keep it pretty straight. Interesting. So yeah, I wonder if like Wizard is like so genius that it's like no, this is it seems like that, but we're all nah. very particular. No, I think it's accent. <laughs> <Yeah. Wizard. laughs> <laughs> that hairstyle. But, uh, man, I'm gonna keep looking here, but we'll keep chatting. But it's a live performance, and it's really great. Oh, Fillmore East, June 1971. There you go. Yeah, that's just, it's great. It's that good, seems like Wagnerian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a grand stage spectacle for sure. Mm-hmm. The drummer has like two kick drums, even though he's playing just like, booch, booch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Did, who's Terry Bozio? Did he play for Frank Zappa? Yeah, one of the drummers. Do you know when he started? I'm not sure. Yeah, because he is an older guy. True. But he seems real fit for his age. Just I'm sure it's because he's just a crazy drummer. But yeah, drumming a long time. So yeah, but he has that like gigantic drum set. Yeah. Looks like a like he almost like brings a kitchen with him. For real, that's <laughs> insane. And not like a regular kitchen, like for your house, like a kitchen in a hotel. Yeah. Like, I just, I can't imagine how long that takes to set up. And like, you know, the drum tech, like, does he have a drum tech that actually can set it up just how he likes it yet? Like, you know, every I bet drummer, she has two to, two to three really close guys. Yeah. And they work in unison. Do you think it comes apart in pieces, like, more than you would think? Like That's you what can I'm pick wondering. up one thing and it has like ten symbols on it. That's what I'm wondering. And then they just load it into a big road case. It's gotta be like that. There's like, yeah, that'd be insane if they had to like put on every single drum and symbol and take hours. Yeah, I'll bet it is For just sure. some big, uh, big racks that just all come apart and they just kind of bolt them together. Yeah, quite the thing. I think his drum set is what makes me really appreciate a tiny set. Like, I love his drumming, and I love to, like, like, holy shit, all those options. So, but it does, like, almost makes me go to the other, like, pendulum swing back sometimes. Yeah, when you see the guy with, like, a hi-hat, a kick and a snare and a crash, and that's it. Yeah, like a (laughs) Questlove kind of thing. Yeah. Just doing some just great drumming, just with the basics. Yep. Indeed. But, uh, yeah, I, I also, I'm going to look this up while we're chatting. 
I want to shout out a drummer I found on Instagram. Oh, cool. Ain't gonna lie, I might be crushing a little bit. Oh boy. And if she hears this, by any chance, it'll come at me. Send the Come at beat. me, bro. Send a beat. <laughs> Play some bass on it, maybe. Yeah. No, that would... I don't think I'd ever leave the house. I'd be like, that's an option? <laughs> Stay there and jam. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it, but we'll see. I'm going to keep looking for a minute. Oh, yeah. Paulina Drums. So it's Paulina, P-A-U-L-I-N-A, Drums, but it's spelled D-R-U-M-S-S. Oh. It's all one word, Paulina Drums. I think it's pronounced Paulina Drumses. Drumses. (laughs) But uh, she's interesting because she just has like odd percussive things around i think it's a lot of like uh samba salsa type stuff oh cool so it's like just great and super talented so you should go follow her nice but that kind of leads me into a thing that we were talking about the other day and i thought we could get into it a little bit is uh drum and bass yeah i've kind of been more and more intrigued by it lately mm-hmm. uh, what was it that we were talking about that kind of got us on that oh, i think a friend shared a meme of an english dude and right. he's like my neighbors all day day they listen to loud drum and bass because i make them and then proceeds they to don't have a choice <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> no but uh i think part of the reason i've been more intrigued by it lately is uh that group uh clown core yeah um it seems like they have like that breakbeat kind of drumming and then it's like just they got their keyboards but then the one guy has a saxophone yeah but it's like when they get into their keyboard parts it's like <laughs> it's like that's less breakbeat they're drumming bass a lot yeah, you know, I don't know if we've talked about it, but apparently that's Lewis Cole playing drums. Is, isn't that the guy from... Uh, Clowncore, yeah. Clowncore and... Uh, inform, not Informer. Knower. Yeah, yep. That's the there dude. Yeah, that's super ele- talented. That's, allegedly, yeah. He, he's, he's pretty awesome. That's one of my favorite bass playing videos. Is just the bass player that they got for those knower music videos. Yeah. The guy from but, uh, 40 yeah. Year Old Virgin. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Carell. Uh, no, it's not, not, not. He's also in Saving Silverman. Uh, Jason something. Is that his name? Jason Siegel? No, Jason Biggs. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um,. So I I did look up a couple drum and bass things so we could maybe inform our audience about this particular genre. It's good stuff. Um, It's a genre of electronic music characterized by fast break beats. That is typically 165 to 185 beats per minute. Um, Has heavy bass and sub bass lines. 
and it's usually a lot of like sampled sources or synthesizers and the music grew out of the UK's jungle scene and mm-hmm. subgenres such as darkcore in the 1990s that was huh. one interesting thing that as i was reading into it this was like the early raver nightclub scene in the early 90s yeah and so you know a lot of the like that kind of thing, just electronic dance and rave music. But there's all these genres. I'm just going to list them right here. Breakcore, Raga Jungle, Hardstep, Darkstep, Techstep, Neurofunk, Ambient Drum and Bass, Liquid Funk, a.k.a. Liquid Drum and Bass, Jump huh. Up, Drum Funk, Funkstep, Sam Bass, and Drill and Bass. And I'm just sitting here like they all probably sound exactly the what, same. What drum and funk? What about funk and bass? Just yeah, that's that's crazy. That's Parliament and the funk and <laughs> You could just keep making genres, just keep expanding it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's that's interesting. <laughs> See, sorry, I was, I was gonna say that just reminded me. Uh, Shocky and I'll sometimes joke about uh what genre gamma pie is our band and we're like it's it's like pretty heavy stuff but it's also it's also mellow too so one we came up with the other day was like uh pillow core it's like you fucking take a nap (laughs) (laughs) anyway i'm sorry nice with all these genres you're saying something yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting about the whole uh, drum and bass thing. I was, I didn't really realize it was like an electronic style, but I guess the style I was kind of just seeming was just the breakbeat drumming was I was kind of thinking about. But yeah, I get mm-hmm. that the drum and bass is like its own genre. I just didn't realize it was like an electric one. That's interesting. I love breakbeat drumming. That's like one of my favorite. But I like it when it's a live drummer. Like that's sure. Well, yeah. it's, that ultimately originates from jazz, doesn't it? Yeah, or is I think it that's more specific. I think it is. Uh, it's like I think it came out of funk more, like well, funk and jazz, which were kind of merged, like fusion kind of soul. Yeah, I think it came out of all that and just came out. No, yeah, like crazy. that Detroit stuff. Yeah, a lot of the Detroit soul and funk, all that. And it just got more active, and yeah, the it seems like the breakbeat goal is to like never repeat yourself, except for those cool little rakatakas at the end of the. <laughs> Yeah, right before it repeats yeah. the whole like a form or something. But I saw uh, the Brad Meldow trio. I could not find the song for the life of me, but they played a song for I think it was like their encore, like the last tune that was like mm-hmm. a a breakbeat thing, and it was really cool because I remember it was just kind of like had this steady beat of like these really cool chords would be like, and the drums would just totally just stop randomly and the piano would just keep going you know playing these pretty little chords and then drums mm-hmm. come back in and they're just like f- they're flying but the drummer was so good he couldn't it didn't you know feel that way it was just like just felt so smooth but he was just doing all that crazy syncopated stuff yeah it was amazing mm-hmm. that was one of the best some of the best drumming i've ever seen <coughs> that's cool yeah um yeah and I think, <coughs> excuse me, um, I think that's been 
kind of the element of drum drum and bass is that it i guess it had those roots in some electronic stuff mm-hmm. but it had the influences of dance hall music and reggae and ragamuffin sound and dub and yeah. so i think it kind of almost split off of the electronic scene a little bit and became really comfy and with a lot of the reggae and dub scene so i think that's why they have like kind of more authentic sounding instrumentation rather than just pure synthetic sound yeah and i mean if i'm wrong on that and you're listening and you're super into drum and bass like write us in like tell us who we should listen to to completely comprehend drum and bass because i'm definitely curious I uh, subscribe to a list of songs, and I'm just listening to them. But so far, you know, it's hard to pick them apart for their particular elements, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, we could get a drum and bass expert on as a guest sometime, or just write us a question or clarification. Indeed. Or, yeah, just make some recommendations. We'll shout them out. Yeah, give it a listen. Um, that's all I got with like entertainment stuff. So, do you want to get into Dear Jacob Wayne? Well, yeah, well, before I do that, I got one more quick recommendation. Okay, I think I might have even talked about this album before. Uh, so Will Blades, the organist, he's mm-hmm. he's amazing. Uh, he's been called the next the next god of organ, basically <laughs> of like the B three and god. yeah, the jazz funky organ. So he did an album with uh, Billy Martin from Modesky Martin and Wood, who's a very, very mm-hmm. funky drummer. And uh, yeah. it's called Shimmy. And uh, he just barely got some more copies of that album on vinyl, and they're going to be available in its store soon. He posted that on Instagram, and my buddy tagged me. And I was like, oh, man, looks like I'm buying some vinyl. And Will Blades liked my comment. So thanks, Will Blades. Uh, yeah. Hey. Will Blades. <laughs> Let's be friends. I agree. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, you ready to get into the uh, oh Dear Jacob Wayne? Not quite yet. Because oh. now I, ha- okay. I remembered there was new music that came out that I liked for once. Oh, wow. Two new awesome Rob Zombie tracks. Nice. Like, I was totally not expecting those, and they have a lot more... I don't know, creativity and oomph to him than I've heard from him in a while. So it was really nice to get those. And there's a new track from a band you and I love, uh, Morchiba. Oh, shit. I heard that. Sounds of Blue is the song. So looks like they have a new album coming out. I'm going to have to go listen to that. I was just recommending them to one of my buddies. Yeah. And for those that actually know who we are a little bit better, we have a side project called Cloud Faculty. Yeah. And it's kind of like, it's an offshoot of Vakoshka, where it's like our attempt to make really chill, trip-hoppy, kind of nice, relaxing music. Yeah. yeah. And also experiment with genre and instruments, but still all with that, like, how do you make a, like a, I was going to say harmonica, but harmonica is easy to make sound chill. Uh, 
accordion. Like, how do you do yeah. a chill song with accordion on it kind of thing? Yeah. And there's a very chill track up right now on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Miso Soup. Mm. I actually had wonton soup tonight from this oh. awesome restaurant called The China Walk here in Fort Collins. Nice. It's the closest I've been able to find to the wonton soup I would get in China. Oh, damn. So well, it, it makes me so happy. I go there a lot for that. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. Anyways, yes, I think now is the time for a Dear Jacob Wayne. Play that sweet mouth trumpet song. All right. Let's do it. All right. So. I'm just going to get right into it. I'm not going to read the title. We'll we'll figure it out as we go along. All right. I am a 28-year-old woman scheduled to marry another woman later this year. I also have mm. a best friend, Cassidy. Cassidy and I were a couple for 11 years. Ooh. We came out to each other on the same day and started dating immediately after that. That seems Aww. weird. You think they were both legit, or the other one was just rolling with it? I think they both were into it, but, you know, varying yeah. degrees, maybe. Worked. Eleven years before deciding to be just friends. This new dynamic took some work to adjust to, but these days we're indistinguishable from any close female friends, with all the casual intimacy that that entails. For a timeline, I met my fiancé two years ago, which is about two years after Cassidy and I broke up. In mm. general, my fiancé understands that Cassidy and I have a special connection, but recently we had an argument I'm not sure how to solve. We were tasting mm. menus for the wedding last weekend. I said that I didn't want the menu to include tomatoes because Cassidy is mildly allergic. I don't want my best friend to have to worry about picking and choosing safe dishes on my wedding day. She should be able to eat anything she wants. My fiancé is from a culture where tomato-based sauces are extremely common. <laughs> Wait, hold up. I gotta pause right there. Uh, it's already hilarious. This is like reading like when you try to look up a recipe online. Yeah. And they tell you their whole life story at the For beginning. Real? Yeah. You know, the like, tomato sauce wasn't just right on the taste test, but I know. Fuck. Anyway. So... Her fiancé, who is Italian, said that this is unreasonable and that as long as Cassidy can eat one of the meal options, there's no reason to restrict the menu. I was very offended by this exchange, and I told Cassidy about it. She was more amused than anything and didn't care about the tomatoes as much as I did. But the fact that I told <laughs> Cassidy about this upset my fiancé even more. She said she worries a lot about what Cassidy thinks of her, and it harms our relationship when I tell Cassidy about our fights. I feel like my closest friendship is under attack. If this is how my fiancé feels, I'm prepared to call off the wedding. But is there anything I can do to save the situation? Jacob Wayne, help. The first thing you should do is learn how to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, just holy shit, overthinking stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, 
I I think she should just calm down and be happy that anybody wants to be married to her. <laughs> yeah, take that one. Forget the tomatoes and hold on tight. Should I engage? Should I end my engagement because my fiance wants to serve an ingredient my ex is allergic <laughs> to at our wedding? Like, yeah, wow. Like yeah. she's got to be out of breath after every sentence she speaks. For real. I wonder how many multi-level marketing things she's been in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Can you imagine her in like a test audience? Oh, God. You're trying to push your movie through your album. She's like, actually, I don't know. The tomato sauce that they served at the thing wasn't actually that good. It was actually bad for my fibromyalgia. But, uh, it's like, holy God. Yep. Well, you know, and if somebody likes that and loves it then good for the couple but holy shit yeah that one almost looks like just keeps going (laughs) halfway through it's like she's babbling Uh, all right well so did i get the was my advice good enough like just shut the fuck up more no i think that's a i mean that's good advice. That could, could, be could probably for work everybody. for a lot of people. <laughs> you know what saying, is applicable in this one. What saying I always remember is uh, if you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. Yeah. But that's actually not the one I'm thinking of. But I do think about that one in terms of talking too much. Yeah. It's just like, are you just being negative right now? Just maybe just be negative in your head. Or the other one is if you're so busy talking all the time, and I know this is ironic for somebody with a podcast called The Jacob Wade Show, (laughs) but if you're so busy talking, then you won't learn anything. If you listen, you'll hear something new. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. if If you're always talking, you're only repeating what you already know. If you listen, you might learn something new. Yep. But, yeah, so I would recommend that to this lady terrified of the tomato sauce. Yeah, who's, like, the person that she was terrified about it for doesn't even care. Like, they see? They're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Why did you? That's silly. What are you talking about? I'll uh, avoid your tomato sauce. It's fine. Is that a euphemism? Maybe. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else we got? You want to do another Dear Jacob Wayne, or do you want to do some weird news? Uh, I'll let you call the shots on this one. Okay, this is a quick one. We got one more Dear Jacob Wayne. Okay. My son is 16, and he is currently on the high school dive team. For years before that, he was on the regular swim team. When the pandemic hit last year, a lot of school transferred online and the team didn't meet. But now that the school is starting to get back into the swing of things, sports is returning. That's that's some fun English. And he's excited <laughs> to get back with the team. <laughs> yeah. However, my wife has recently had a change of heart that came out of nowhere and it's really taking a toll on him. She began telling him that he needed to move on and do more masculine activity such as going to the gym and other stuff like that. Thing is, <laughs> he already does go to the gym. 
But her main thing yeah. is that she wants him to quit diving because it's too feminine for him at this age. When I told wow. her that she was being ridiculous, she said that diving was all about grace and not manly enough. She also said that the majority of people who do it are probably gay. And then a few days later, <laughs> she said that he would be gay if he kept doing it. But, yeah, that it's a classic case of <laughs> diving that just turns you gay. You gotta beware. <laughs> All that that body shaving. Yeah. The little hats. Oh yeah, the tight just little like, hats. The tight. I mean, it might as well just be leather. Yeah, I think it. It is. It's like you know. Well, it's just you know, leather you just. Know. You know, water will ruin it, especially the chlorine. Yeah, unfortunately. But, uh, so what religion is this, Mom? <laughs> I think we know. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, there's, unfortunately, there's a lot to choose from. But you, yeah. I wonder what it was that he did. Like, do you think just one day he was on his way to, like, diving practice? And he grabbed an apple out of the fridge and then shut the fridge door with his booty. <laughs> and she's like, hmm. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's, it's coming on. <laughs> he, like, winks at her as she, like, walks out of the kitchen. Straight <laughs> men don't wink. Oh, no. Man, if, if the booty shuts gay, then, I mean, I didn't realize, <laughs> but... Or if on his way out the door, he's like, catch you later, botch. <laughs> yeah, might be a might be a. Hit. I am not a botch. We'll see. The funny thing is about the the rest of the that this letter is just like the last one. It just is basically just going on about nothing. But at the end, he says, "I don't know why she's acting like this all of a sudden, but my son is often dealing with her over the matter, and I'm just trying to find out what to do or say." They, um, my parents think that it's something connected to her past that she hasn't told me about. Deep down, I'm worried that she's unsatisfied with me for something relationship-wise, and she doesn't want him to be like me. So, like, mm -hmm. this guy's also kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. The the Sounds like the mom got invited to a dance at, like, you know, her high school, and then she went around the corner one day and saw her boyfriend making out with the diver. The diving captain. Oh, that's probably totally what happened. Yeah. It's like, I, I know what they do in that group. <laughs> Boyfriend stealers. And the dad sounds like he's just really concerned. Like, I wish he'd quit saying all this so I could just ask my son out. <laughs> it was supposed to be my varsity jacket. Mine. <laughs> uh, <sighs> yeah. Little mom's uh, crazy... You know, I don't know. Let, let me be nicer with this. Perhaps she's not crazy, but she's homophobic on not some level. Cool. And that's not cool. Yeah, like, that's the main thing, even if he was. So, no matter what, diving has nothing to do with it, A, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, if it was something in her past, then it's her obligation to work on that. Indeed. Her son doesn't deserve to be bludgeoned with her homophobic trauma. Nope. All right. All right. Well, some weird news. Okay. We coming back to we coming home. Do we should we make a sting for weird news? 
Ooh, that sounds fun. I like I like more stings. We gotta do a little. What do you think the weird news would be? It's gotta be a short one, you know. The the other one's pretty pretty good and long, so this one's gotta be a quick little. Whoa, 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 wait, 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 weird news. You know, like one of those. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Or like the Incubus Guide. It's like, wait, 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 news. Wait. I wish you were here. On my eye, I just fell on. Crying. Crying when I fell on my eyes. Yeah. Anything like that would work. All right, so this one's right up the street from me. Here we go. Uh, law enforcement from multiple agencies were called to rescue an injured boy in a canyon Monday afternoon. The 911 mm. call was received around 4.45 p.m., reporting two teenage boys were hiking in the area when one of them slipped and fell on a knife. Whoa. So apparently... Wait a minute. Was one of them wearing a diving outfit? <laughs> no. Okay. So they were coming down a steep hill, and apparently the boy claimed that the knife had come out of his pack as they were sliding down, and then he slid onto it. So it mm. like sliced his ass open. And they, uh, nice. yeah, they got he flew him straight down to an Ogden area hospital. So apparently he got him pretty good. Yeah. So. Goddamn. Yeah, that was pretty insane. Because I was sitting, it's like got home and I was sitting there and I was like, Where's that helicopter coming from? And it was like right by my house, really low, had the big searchlight on. It's like, oh damn, what are they doing up there? <laughs> that's I don't know if that's as weird as much as it is like a scene from a Tarantino film. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Just a little, you know, interesting yeah. home. What canyon home was it? Fun again? Events. It was green. Right green up the road canyon. there. Yeah. Smoked a lot of pot up there as a young lad. <laughs> Dude, that canyon's got a weird... I don't know if you've ever looked into it online. Uh, but Is like, that where that little witch cult house was, or was that it, Logan Canyon? Well, that's up Logan Canyon where there's actually a little, like, little structures and stuff. But Green Canyon pops up on all the paranormal sites. Hey, right. it's like the local place to go commit suicide, unfortunately that happens a lot up there but people like several internet like uh, paranormal sites talk about green canyon just as a place if you want to feel bad spirits like if you go up there you'll get this feeling oh i got uh, the bad spirits one day you know what i'm saying <laughs> i've never uh I, I don't know i've never felt that weird spine tingling fear whatever feeling people talk about up there i've always i like that place i like it up there no, i like it too but uh, maybe it's like one of those forests that uh, they have in Japan, like the suicide forest. Yeah. Maybe there's something about the forest that like uh, just draws you in. There's yeah. like this, for lack of a better elaboration, it's just like a negative energy pocket or something. Yeah, that's what, exactly what people say. And maybe I'm, you know, haven't done enough crystal enemas to feel the power but i've never <laughs> had any vibrations of any kind there are any other Neither places have I. seems like a just a lovely canyon to me yeah where yeah sure maybe a little murder happened there but 
Where hasn't there been a little bit of murder? Yeah. A little club soda but, get that right out. Yeah. A little club baby seal soda. Ooh. Um But yeah, I remember having a conversation with a drummer that I'll leave an anonymous because I don't know how much he wants this out there about him. But a drummer I played with once, he he was going off about like negative energy pockets. And he would talk about coming into Logan, Utah like it was just like a giant haunted negative energy. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. And I was like, huh. And it's just like, I've definitely come home to Logan before and sometimes felt like, ugh. But I don't yeah. think it's I never in feel... a galactic energy waves or anything like that. I always am very happy when I'm dropping into Logan because I'm like, ah, this is so pretty here. That's when you you get downtown and start seeing people that you're like, eh, yeah, they're not as fun. (laughs) It's usually as soon as you see the people. There's a lot of really beautiful cities in this country. Yeah. But I'm never going to go to one. Yeah. (laughs) It's a little little tough. (laughs) Yeah. Well. Well... That seems like a good episode to me, man. Yeah, that sounds good. Thanks for listening, everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll let you know when we're thinking of doing another movie commentary so you can be a little more prepared. I mean, we can't really do it live or anything, but uh, yeah, you'll know what we're going to be doing next. So, Indeed. With that, I guess we'll sign out. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Jacob Wayne Show. If you would like to contact us, please write us at fakoshka at gmail.com. That is F-A-K-O-S-H-K-A at gmail.com. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. Simply search The Jacob Wayne Show and it should pop right up. Make sure you like and subscribe and leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. Please write us. It helps add content to the show and makes the show even better for you, the listener. Thanks for tuning in.